Welcome to the latest edition. It's season seven. It's episode 34. It is the Baggies broadcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by West Ham reporter of the Express and Star and Shropshire Star. Uh, he is a good old egg. He's here again. He absolutely loves it. He's Baggies through and through for this season and last season. It is Mr. Lewis Cox. Mr. Lewis Cox, everyone. You love to see it. Coxie, how's Hello, it going, Nathan. Pal? Hello, sir. Good to see you. This is very unusual. We haven't done many of these together, have we? Um, haven't haven't seen you since that quiet and uneventful Sunday, uh, quiet Sunday in at the Hawthorns, where you know very little went on. So we don't have to obviously discuss any of that. Um, yeah, good it, to see you, mate. It was um, yeah, it was it was a bit cray cray, really, wasn't it? I said to to be honest, I'm a full disclosure. I said in the podcast, the Wolves podcast, that first half an hour. I mean, Albion score there, completely different game. I thought they were excellent, yeah. to be honest. They made yeah, it exactly yeah. what they needed to do. But we don't want to talk about that too much, do we? We no, don't want to talk about no, no, that no. too much. Um, what we want to talk about is um, a, a host of this podcast, the regular host of this podcast, is not here today. Um, he's on a very special outing at this moment in time because today is Mr. Johnny Drury's 30th, 30th birthday. So happy birthday. Ooh! Mr. Drury. Um, now, now Johnny obviously wears his, his heart on his sleeve, and we love him for it. Um, Does he, he? Get, um, well, yeah, apparently so. Uh, Johnny can get can, he's he's the happiest happiest of highs. He gets the lowest of lows. He can be um, he can be spiky if he doesn't like something going on. But he's passionate and he loves the cause. And it's we were looking through uh, Lewis, and you, you text me some some examples of this. That actually he shares his birthday with two people that he looks up to, I think, in this world, and um, yeah. have been an inspiration in his journalism career. And, and so far, um, one of those being uh, former Wolverhampton Wanderers manager Mick McCarthy. Um, I think you can see some similarities there. And the other that he shares it with um, is Ian the Moose Abraham from Talk Sport. Um, I, I think it's. They're both, like I say, been highly um, important in his career development. And I'm sure he'll be delighted to hear that, um, that they're very close to his heart. Yeah, I think he was, uh, Nathan. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, some some refer to Johnny as the angry Welshman. I, I, I can't possibly <laughs> comment. I don't, I'm not quite sure where they where they get that from, Nathan. But there we are. Um, yeah, <laughs> listeners of our podcast might, might, might understand that. I mean... He likes a rant, does he? God bless him. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He loves he it. Does. And make no mistake, he will be in the passenger seat of my car at 7am on Saturday as we head to Suffolk. Hopefully, don't put the wrong postcode in the sat-nav. You know, I'd like to think we'll we'll get there and make it on time. But let's, yeah, who knows? Happy birthday, Johnny. Big old, uh, did we say how old he was, Nathan? Did we? 30, mate. 30, the big yeah, 3-0. Yeah. I didn't know if we were disclosing, you know, full disclosure. Well, they're, they're pe- people know now anyway. So, yeah, if you want to send in your birthday um, congratulations or commiserations, uh, however you want to see it, um, then please, please get in touch with Mr. Uh, Johnny Drury. Um, playing, Nathan, playing thoughts, 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 Nathan, on a week of annual leave for your birthday? Um, I mean, normally, normally it's, it's one day. But, yeah, he's taken Monday to Friday off. 
to be fair to him, he's 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 old a little bit from um from doing deadline day, does a does a does a sixteen oh, hour yeah. shift and yeah, well, you know, a bit of travel on. here and there. So, you know, I, I mean look, I'm probably not the one to speak because I definitely having um an American wife have to use my days um to tactically because unfortunately we're going to see her family, then we can't just pop across next door we've got to go across to the west coast of america so sometimes um you've got to they, they, they you've got to align them up in a smart way and jay jay drew happy, life, um, happy has, life nathan exactly exactly so jay drew i'm sure has done that um but i think it's probably more because he's gonna have a five-day bender um and he is playing <laughs> golf at this moment in time he's playing golf thing. yeah posh was posh course apparently so all very nice but i mean the way that johnny is like i say Love, love him to pieces, but I can't imagine him being particularly calm if he hooks one right into the into the water, into the drink. I can't imagine him taking that very well on the course. How many clubs has he got through? Oh, how many clubs has he snapped? More. That's that's the question. That's his yearly birthday present. New set of clubs. Uh, yeah, yeah. The driver in a three wood after the one you snapped in in July. Oh God. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Let's, let's, happy birthday, let's go to some football, mate. Yeah, happy birthday, mate. Happy birthday. Right, okay. Um, they needed to recover, Albion. They needed to recover, obviously, after the, the disappointment um, of the, the, the Black Country derby. And they did, didn't they? Look, another, you can't really call it a derby, but local local game, isn't it? And obviously a spicy yeah. local game. Well, mate, you might be able to call it a derby if you want, Coxie. It's up to you. Uh, West Brom won. Uh, Birmingham City nil. They needed to get back on the horse, didn't they? Of course, obviously, lo- losing, to, losing to Norwich before this game and then... And then they go to the the hallow turf that is the Hawthorns, where they've been so good this season, and they got the job done. Yeah, it was a big game, Nathan. It was. I think you get to this point of the season, maybe after the the cup, and you come into the end of the transfer window, you get back to the league matters. And I've seen it with a few teams over the last week or so. It feels like fan base think it can go one way or the other. Almost, you get that win, you need to stay with the pack, stay where you need to be for your targets. Or if it goes the other way, you're sort of consigned to you know, middle to lower middle, bottom half, and yeah. you're not going to get where you want to be for the rest of the season. I'm not sure that's the case in the champ, given about six points separates fifth and whatever, 13th, 14th. But it, it, as, I, as I sort of outlined a few times before the game against Blues, it, the end of the window, the three attacking recruits made in the window, certainly the ones towards, obviously on deadline day, just felt mm-hmm. like a line in the sand, felt like the start of the second half of the season, the start of the mm-hmm. running. The first time this season, Carlos Corbran has tools of an attacking nature at his disposal, where he can rotate if he chooses, where he can use attackers from the bench effectively on the hour if he chooses. He hasn't had it all season. And let's be honest, yeah. Nate, it, it paid off immediately, mm. Um, mm. which was, I mean, we, not necessarily how we could have all dreamt it because we would have wanted a three or four nil win or whatever. But, it, you know, as an example of things changing, of the... New boys being able to make an effect in in a game if things aren't working. Thomas Asante was below his level. Swift was poor. Wallace probably didn't have his best game. And the boss was able to just actually turn behind him and have something to call upon. And that's nothing against... You know, we've seen Tom Fellows progress this season into a, a little star. and But there haven't been any others of an attacking nature. They just haven't. Of um, so it was a massive difference to have that. You know, all three came on um, for their home debuts. Daryl DK was around it. You know, we all know about Daryl DK's fitness, but we hope Touchwood he is fit and available now. And it just it just changes the picture. And I've said a few times the dynamic for Albion for me because 
competition, depth, rotation, breathers. It, it means not one striker has to have all the burden of the goals. And um, yeah, lovely, lovely goal um, from Vyman. Not, not nothing, not going to win any goal of the season things, but mm. uh, any Albion fans listening to this will know what I mean. Uh, a proper striker's goal that has been missing for a, a good while. And um, yeah, very timely, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Absolutely. Um, nice little celebration as well. Gave it a little bit at the end of the game. <laughs> See, you need a yeah, bit of edge, well, don't you? Yeah, I don't mind a little bit of edge. No, it's absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And um, Andy Wyman spoke about that when he uh, he was with the press after the game. Obviously, match winner. Look, former Villa kid, wasn't he? Spent, I think, eight mm. years there until quite a while ago now. Left in 2015. So, what best part of nine, ten years, isn't it? And however... I scored a winner against yeah. your boys as well, didn't he? Um, in Liverpool in the for, for yeah, Wolves well, the yeah, yeah, perhaps. No, yeah, we don't have to. Uh, yeah, you would have been covering <laughs> so, that, wouldn't you, at the time? I was yeah, covering that. Um, he, he won me. Um, he won me over two thousand pound that day, actually. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, he's he's had look. Yeah, Villa a long time ago, and I gather from what he said, he's played against Blues a number of times since, and I don't think it's been a great sort of opponent for him. Bit of a bogey club. I don't know. He's scored many or any before Saturday. And yeah. look, he came on and he got dogs from the away end, um, chance, all of that. And he had how he would have dreamt it, didn't he? Let's be fair, oh, he's, he's all forms bow, loan club, big loan for him, needs to sort himself out from the from the summer in terms of a new club, needs it to go mm-hmm. well. It's a dream. And uh, yeah, he made sure he was quite near to the away end when the ref blew his full-time whistle. And it was, yeah, he just, look, it wasn't bad. He didn't cross a line, no, he didn't do anything no. offen- offensive, you know, or... Yeah, flick the V or anything like that, which obviously would have been well beyond the line. But he he gave mm. he gave it a one nil, a clap and a wave, and you know for obvious reasons that wound up the away fans and it was pretty yeah, pretty enjoyable. I think. I mean, I I, I take the people that are going to moan, you know, going to say, oh, what about what happened six days earlier? You know, was it the wisest thing after the weekend before? I understand that argument. I do and. Um, the weekend before was deplorable, wasn't it? And, and absolutely awful, as you were there to witness as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not quite sure they're comparable, really. Uh, yeah, I think, mm. as Andy Byman said, if footballers are going to take dog abuse from the stands like that, they should be able to give a little 100%. bit of banter back um, that's nowhere near crossing a line. No, no, I agree. I, I, I agree entirely. And like I say, it was, it was much needed. Look, um, from the outside looking in, Coxie, I was uh, I was I was seeing Albion, and you know they they have got parallels to Wolves this season actually written off really before they'd kicked a ball, um, different circumstances, but but you know expected to be mid-table, maybe even further down the table, you know even flirting with potential relegation with the situation that both clubs were in. Um, but from from Albion's point of view, I must admit I looked at it and they started superbly well and. They shocked a few and they have continued to stay in and around that playoff spot. Um, and and since cementing it, really, I mean, you look at or I look at the table now and I'm kind of seeing the top four clear to a certain extent, although it was switched dropping a little bit. I could see them potentially dropping out of it. it depends whether they can push again. Obviously, you know, difficult game going to be a very interesting game this weekend when yeah. they go to Ipswich. If they win that game, I'll be in. And I think that, that that's attainable. But you know, you, you take those top four, then there's an 11-point gap at this moment in time, and then you've got those these last two spots, which West Brom and Hull City, ironically, you're playing very soon as well. You mm. know, but but there is that battle, which you can say from 
anywhere. I mean, this is the champ. This is why we love the championship. Anywhere really from Cardiff in thirteenth, Middlesbrough in twelfth, and forty-one. You know, I right the way that. up to, yeah, yeah. to to Albion in fifth, and they're all competing for two spots. It's going to be who can hold their nerve. But what I did, what I didn't foresee, Lewis actually is that I thought that they would do very well until Christmas in January. And then everybody was strengthened. Albion couldn't really strengthen, couldn't, wouldn't be able to get the players in because of finances, etc. And in the end, their squad wouldn't be strong enough and they'd, they'd probably just slip down the table. However, mm. and Carlos Corbran said this, and you wrote a lovely piece about it, you know, you know, a few days ago, saying he's delighted and, and thanked the board for backing him in the way that they got these loans over the line who have already made an immediate impact. You add those three, you add Matty Phillips, who's not, he's not any close to returning, but he's coming back. He looks like he's ahead of schedule, who could be key for the run-in. And I'll then you what, you've there's, got... There's, the, there's Brady Dean Garner coming back from Africa as well, Nathan. Dean, you know, two guys, Dean Garner coming back from, from the African Cup of Nations, and then you've got the wild card that no one knows about really. Well, we know a lot about him, but we don't know. But if he can stay fit and you've got DK who can score goals and, and, you know, give Thomas Asante a little bit of a break up there. They're actually in a better position now for the running, touch wood, than they are for the first half of the season. That must be very exciting for you. Yeah, echo that entirely, really. I think there's a couple of things with this. And I wrote, I think, in my debrief earlier in the week. I just thought, do you know what? Albion don't seem to be moving in the table. Now, we understand mm. why they're not moving up, because the top four have been... Well, certainly it was a top two for a while, wasn't it? And then Southampton and Leeds have sort of gone on unbelievable yeah. runs and, and shuffled it around a bit. And as you say, Albion's got to Ipswich, is now 11 points. But below Albion, sort of sixth and, and beyond, it's, quite, it's, mm. it's very tight. And it's yeah. I, I think to Albion's credit that they just haven't seemed to be moving. They're staying fifth. And I, I had a look, actually. I went back through the old league table generator on this day. And fifth was kind of attained towards the end of October last year um, mm -hmm. after a midweek win at the Hawthorns against QPR. And bar a slight slip in defeat at Southampton, easily done, obviously Southampton on a crazy run, of course, yeah. um, which sent, I think, Albion um, to possibly as low as ninth for the, an international break. Uh, that aside, late October, early November, they've just been fifth throughout. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that's a, a great effort, really. The only... It's all well and good, is it? But but let's be honest, <laughs> it's March, April, May that matters clearly. So it's it's all well and good doing it for three months, then yeah, October to early February. But can they go again now? Now the point you make is is on the money, and I've said the same. Now they're much better placed with these attackers mm -hmm. and this depth. They've done the three months in fifth, not been touched, caught, felt the pressure with very little options available and. You're right. I just see the squad as strengthened now. Yes, there's still a midfielder light that Corbran wants in the free agent window, and that's yeah, just cover realistically. And um, they're a stronger squad. And but I suppose the only thing that comes with the sort of running where it matters is increased pressure, isn't it? And there's certainly when it gets towards perhaps later in March, but certainly in April, when it all feels a bit on edge, doesn't it? In April, it all feels like the season's on the line. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more pressure comes with that, doesn't it? A lot more pressure. So can they deal with it? Um, I, I feel like I've said from October, November, December, you know, if Albion get through this run of games yeah. to the other side of it in the new year, then for me, they'll be they'll be there. You know, they've, they've proved they can handle it with awful sort of fortune with availability. 
um, it doesn't it doesn't quite stack up like that, does it? Because I mean, I haven't been able to open up a gap of significance. I think it's four points to seventh with a game in hand, which isn't bad really, considering a game in hand. I know that's not the be all and end all, but um, I think it's a key few weeks actually, um, a key handful of games. Say Ipswich fourth. I think Albion would do well to avoid defeat there. I do. I, I don't mm-hmm. think a draw would be too bad there at all. And then no, there's two home games next week. Cardiff, as you mentioned, who I think are somewhat like 13th, just about the fringes of those that Correct. could still go for it. And, yeah. and then Southampton on the Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, a week Friday. And Both Southampton home, yeah. currently on a 24-game club record on beat and run, which Albion mm-hmm. succumbed to back in November. So, I but... West Bromwich Albion at home in the Championship. They'll fancy themselves against whoever, rightly so. Um, as Ipswich found out, as Leeds found out at the Hawthorns, as Leicester kind of almost found out. Yeah, I, I, you bang on. I, I think, as we said, I think now January's finished, going into Feb, as last weekend kind of showed in a bit of a snapshot, can, against a good Tony Mowbray Blues side, by the way, a, a, a good mm. outfit that are nowhere near where they are on the table, that they can get away with not playing too well, but there are those options there to come on and change it and win the game. Yeah, I think I think key for me. Um, look, Westbrook Westbrook got the third best defensive record in the league, and if they can if they can keep that solidity at the back, that's always going to give themselves every single chance. I think what yeah. what they need to do and what they'll be looking to do, and I'm sure, like I say, these these loan signings are definitely going to help that and DK getting back and it'll be playing regular football sooner rather than later is that I look in that top 12 going down to Middlesbrough in 12th and bar Preston, Albion are the lowest scorers in the division. In, in these 12, if we're looking at these 12 to be, yeah. you know, maybe fighting for two to three spots, playoff spots. Um, and that's yeah. something that I think Carlos Corbran will be keen to, to without giving away their defensive solidity, looking to add some more goals to this side and regular goals. Should yeah, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about in terms of the attackers, doesn't it? Should be able to to address that. Now I don't expect Vyman to go and score double figures. Mikey Johnson, the winger from Celtic, isn't going. You would think to be a regular goal scorer. Callum Marshall from West Ham, goals for fun at youth level, but a 19-year-old mm-hmm. on his first loan, you'd be surprised if he went and scored 10. However, you you hope that they're all able to chip in, don't you? With maybe a you know in Vyman's case a handful, maybe Marshall and just help each other out, like say offer the breather, ease the burden, the rotation to keep the others fresh and on their toes, you know, so they're not guaranteed a place in the team, to be honest. But yeah, I think you bang on with that. I think they will look to, but I don't, I don't think Carlos Corbin sides are ever got a gallivanting free scoring. Sure. Yeah. Fours, fives, regular kind of, you know, Albion of Mowbray's Albion of yesteryear and all of that, but they're always built on. The rear guard, as you mentioned, the best defensive record, the most clean sheets in the division. Alex Palmer's still out in front in that, even though Blues uh, last Saturday was the first of 2024, by the way. So that little Mm. run that had maybe gone under the radar with us certainly wouldn't have with the head coach. But uh, back back to the clean sheets. I'll tell you one factor worth absolutely hammering home, Nathan, and it's topical going to um, Portman Road on Saturday. I just had a look earlier to have a look at the new figures and the home VOA form is quite stark. It's quite startling. Now, um, fourth best record at the Hawthorns in the Championship, Albion. Obviously, one place better off than they are in the actual table. Their away form has them in 17th. Wow. That's that's quite 
that's quite Stunning. the out, yeah. out there, isn't it? That's um, and that tells its own story. I mean, if the away record was even sort of middle of the road, even sort of just squeaking into the top half, it would yeah, exactly the picture entirely, yeah. wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you I think automatic or going for automatic or in and around. Well, there. yeah, and, and I think like, no, no question that's out of Albion's reach now. But I think if of they course, could just improve the away form, um, then. The four-point gap we mentioned to seventh, I think, would increase markedly. And it's not, you know, no one expects to go and win away every time. But mm-hmm. I think I've said this on the podcast with Johnny before, even like a, you know, win, draw, defeat, win, draw, defeat business. So something like that where you're picking up more regular points away will do Albion. It will, because they won't have to, you know, I'll back them to win the majority of their remaining home fixtures. But again, doing more on the way, just eases that pressure at home, doesn't it? Because yeah. Ali Robertson yeah. wrote in his, in his column, this week, actually, um, the points on the road will will just ensure that we don't have to keep winning at home, which they keep doing. Mm-hmm. To be fair, but it's it's no, you know, cup come to the Hawthorns and really, it's not not that it's a cup final, but it's a big old it's a big old big old scalp, isn't it? It's a big old place to play oh, in yeah. the championship. And um, Corran's men have been incredible there in in his tenure, but uh, it puts a lot of pressure on it, and there's a lot of a lot of sort of nerves and edginess around the place, understandably so. There's so much on the line. We all know that. But uh, yeah, the, I'm sure the away fans have backed me up. And you know, there might be some listening to this on the way down the old A14. And I, I'm sure they'd agree that they wouldn't mind a few more positive results on the road. Be stopping at Wendy's on the way, will they? Same same road. Oh, oh, good <laughs> shout, Nathan. Yeah, I was very excited to text you that, wasn't I? Um, Johnny no, was a little bit underwhelmed. For all of well, American you know, we've probably built up food. a little bit too much, but you, you know, you can't be any any kind of American diner that you know that, that for serves burgers that comes to England, um, especially when it's few and far between. You can't, you can't help. Well, get I think excited, I possibly. think Nathan, I think Johnny's just about getting used to McDonald's. To to be honest, you know, for, for his neck of the woods. So um, true, true let's that. not, you know, let's not sort of run before we can walk. That that's true. I think the, the, they've just got a bookers over there. I think as well. You know what I mean in that in that area. Um, Oh, one, one one guy you mentioned there, and actually I wanted to, I was quite interested in this. I think deadline day, I think I, I think I helped write this story or, or bang bit up. I think when it happened, um, Callum Marshall, uh, the, the West, obviously the, the lad who's come from West Ham, young lad, not not a conventional loan really, is it? You know, to get someone, I guess, who's done no. so well for the 21s and the youth, but to come and, you know, maybe, maybe towards the bottom of the championship, maybe a league one, normally you see these type of players who are full of goals yeah. at youth level. And and then oh let's go and get experience a bit like you know Nathan Fraser, you know who was touted to go to maybe a League One club or or maybe a bottom end of a Championship club who who does very well, but to come to go straight into you know a, a team challenging for the Premier League is a big step up, um, and I'm sure they've done the due diligence and I think he's an exciting signing and obviously came on came on against Bristol City didn't he in the FA Cup and. Uh, sorry, um, for for West for, for West Ham, and then came for West Ham, and yeah, played, yeah, yeah, and then and then came on against against Blues. Uh, it was the 62nd minute, I think. He came on for, yeah, for John Swift. It's an interesting one, really, that he's. It's a, I guess it's a calculate. It's not really a gamble, but it's it's a smart move, I guess. And not many of these these types of loans take place. Like I say, for someone in the top six of the championship, and I'm fascinated mm. to see how he does. But if it pays off, goodness me. This is great because obviously you're getting a striker who probably the, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see his character, but I, I assume that he's a great character. But someone who's just confident and you know if you can 
you can dial in and get some of those goals, whether you know whether it's off the bench or or the odd start here and there. That could be a magnificent loan. Yeah, yeah, smart. I think absolutely agree. Um, uh, interestingly, the, the last loan from West Ham, I, I believe it's the last loan from West Ham, being uh, someone we've already mentioned on this podcast, Grady Dean Garner went pretty well, didn't it? Um, yeah. I can't remember if that was Grady's. I think I'm right in saying that was Grady's first loan, um, and obviously it was made permanent and. You know, I suppose Albion have had the, there was the, the Harvey Barnes example, wasn't there? Um, yeah. Oh, what a player. But he was more established, wasn't he, you'd have thought, in, in senior football? Yeah, re- relatively, Nathan, but he'd only sort of had, um, and, and I saw some of these lower league loans before, I think, MK mm. Dons to somewhere mm-hmm. else. So, yes, he'd played, but you're right, you know, in terms of Marshall, a first loan, it, it definitely is. Yeah, we cover other clubs further down the pyramid, don't we? And we see these kind of loans all the time. Yeah. However, what I would say is, as far as I can see, Callum Marshall looks like the biggest one of certainly goal scorers in under 21s football in, in the country, mm-hmm. you know, at the top mm-hmm. level of all the top clubs. So someone that would have been on the radars of big clubs, certainly. He's not long moved to West Ham, just, just to be clear. Um it's a win-win, Coxie. You're not giving a lot of money, you know. No, 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 and it, and if, it, if, if it works, great. Been... And if it doesn't, well, then it's not, you know, yeah, nothing's lost really, exactly is it? That. Yeah, I think there would have been plenty of sort of interest in making this loan happen on the basis that it probably isn't the biggest outlay, you know, in yeah. terms of wage wouldn't wouldn't have cost mm-hmm. too much. Obviously, a lot of clubs would have been looking for a striker. Um, I don't think we expected Albin to make three attra- attacking signings in the window. So maybe there's a bit of that. Maybe they've looked at what was available there and just thought, look, we can... Maybe a push to a third. Um, if it's maybe a younger lad who's a little bit cheaper, something like that. Let's not forget he signed a new deal as well at West Ham. So you know, they, they clearly think massively of him. Um, and it's it, it's always one of those, isn't it? Look, scored for fun at, at youth level. We, he's not really ever played senior football before. Well, yeah. he hasn't. Um, we don't know how he's going to translate, things like that. But I, I think what we saw in his half an hour the other day is that he's going to be immensely keen. You know, he's going to run himself into the ground. That's the kind of player mm-hmm. he is. Left-footed, which is always useful, by the way. Um, te- tenacious was the word that sort of went around the press box when we were discussing him the other day. And look, I think that's that could be great for the final 20 minutes in games, couldn't yeah. it? Sort of tiring defences. That's the last thing you want to see, isn't it? A young whippersnapper ready to, um, <laughs> ready to be at you, sort of be at you, Heels every time you got the ball and stuff. Especially but, last twenty minutes of the game when you just want to get off the pitch yeah, and you're knackered. Exactly. How, how much is he? How, how many goals is he going to score? We don't know. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. He might only score a couple. If that, he might reach five. It's, it's a big ask. Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's a total other end of the scale to Andy Wyman. You've got two mm-hmm. loans there. I think they're thirteen years apart in years. God knows how many senior career games apart. Probably three, four hundred. Um, about 100 career goals apart in senior football and it's just really fascinating to be honest and imagine how much Marshall will learn from Weiman that that goal that finish the other day is a lesson in movement and finishing from a from a forward who's scored goals his whole career and um, but yeah Marshall fascinating one I'm fascinated by Mikey Johnson at Celtic I heard before we signed he was a serious talent had sort of fitness issues which can happen, I suppose, can't it? But Celtic still like him. We saw a lot from him in his cameo. Big part in the goal. Direct, skillful runner with the ball. Bit of fight about him, you could see. And mm-hmm. he, he basically made the goal. Um, 
yeah, to, to have all three contribute to, to the winning goal, you know, all coming on when Corbran needed a goal. It was just perfect, really. Couldn't have couldn't have really gone any better for the head coach. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times, and like you say, with you know, with Dean Garner on his way back, uh, and, and Matty Phillips had a schedule. Um, DK potentially getting some getting some form back. There's not that pressure, and also they have got a little bit of insurance now. They're giving themselves some insurance. I don't think they had that that insurance in the past, and the fact that they've got there, got to January, January, and invested and got people over the line, albeit for six months or not, I think is. Um, could be a, a shrewd move by Albion and uh, and it might just get them over the line. You know, it doesn't matter whether this fifth, sixth or seventh, as long as they're, sorry, third, well, fourth yeah. or, or fifth or sixth. It definitely matters if they're seventh or not. But as long as they're <laughs> in that top six, yeah. then that is... Yeah, um, we don't that, that, I, I mean, I, I genuinely feel that, Lewis, um, if they did get to the playoffs, that's that's up there for manager of the season for me, for Corbran. If he's done that, that's an unbelievable achievement, and maybe not wouldn't maybe might not from the outside looking in get the credit it would it deserves. So like oh West Brom, big side in the Championship, yeah. you know, not too far removed from the Premier League, still in you know recent memory, etc. But actually, the job that he's done under the the restrictions that he has had and continue to do since he's arrived at the club is nothing short, or would be nothing short of sensational from from my yeah. point of view. Yeah, I think it depends how much, you know, as a neutral, you look into mm. issues of clubs and stuff, doesn't it? Like you say, the reputation of Albion in the Championship is what it is. And to a little point, that's fair because, look, they've still got top players for the level, very top players in the squad. You know, only 18 months ago, they were able to bring Wallace and Swift in on threes. Considered best players, some of the best players in the division. You know, Ocai is a similar example. Grady Dean Garner, there are... Many others, aren't there? Um, but I, I fully agree. You know, take all that aside. Since Corbrand's been in now, sort of getting on for a year and a half, not been able to do a single thing realistically as he's had hands mm-hmm. tied behind his back. There'll be onlookers who look at it and don't realise the state of the club financially, um, the state of the ownership situation, the ongoing takeover issue that um, continues. But, yeah, you know, I think... We'd all probably hoped that we may have been near, you know, not light at the end of the tunnel, but things may have been wrapping up now. And that's not to say they aren't, but it's not a quick fire issue, is it? It's, you know, buying a house is bad enough. You know, this is the complex stuff between parties in different parts of the world and different interests and all of this. Mm. Um, so a lot, a lot going on there. And yeah, the head coach is having to focus all of his efforts and you've got attackers dropping left right and center he spent the first three four five months of the season with next to no options but he's never moaned once not i really admire that not once moaned or anything like that and uh found a way through however just to be pessimistic for a second you never want to be sort of there for the season and then for it to go wrong towards the end sure. but i think that's where what we talked about and the the increased strength and depth um, will hopefully come in and really really help for February March April and I just think they've just made an excellent job of of being like the chased rather than the chasers or the mm-hmm. the hunted rather than the hunters they just haven't allowed themselves to to be caught and I think it takes some doing to be honest and I think they've shown enough resilience and strength and character and all of that to carve out enough that makes me confident that they'll be able to continue doing it you know between now and the end of april early may 
the hunted or the or or, or the hunters. I mean, uh, that reminds me. I'm, I know you're a very big fan of this. We've only just started watching it. Um, the traitors, uh, which um, oh. the missus has got me, missus has got me into. So we've only just finished season one, um, BBC, and Alana's Alana has um, she has recorded the American version, also the one that's the, the, this recent version of, of BBC that's just finished now. So um, I'd actually seen the ending of season one because it was on like a goggle box, etc. So I kind of knew yeah, what yeah. happened. So I was I was dipping in and out, but uh, um, I'm oblivious to to both the American and the and season two. So looking forward to that. Um, genuinely want to apply for, for the for the next next season, so uh, I think I might have to. Although I'm, I'm not sure whether work would let me, but you know it's one of those where once in a lifetime, <laughs> oh, well, I'll just hand in the old. Nathan, the old knowing you, I'm, I'm knowing you as I do, and having known you for ten years, <laughs> I think you would be nothing short of superb on the trailers. <laughs> so I, I, there you go. I would. Uh, I definitely would not have any moral issues with uh, taking people's money. Um, and and creating havoc in there. Put it that way. I, I, meant, I mentioned hun- hunters and hunted then as well. My yeah. uh, as she regularly reminds me, my wife's sort of lifelong ambition. Going off on a tangent here is to yeah. go on um, hunted. You know that Channel Four. Oh thing. yes, I do Where remember they, that. Yeah, good show, go great and, show. Um, I thought, you were gonna go down, well, I thought you were going to go down some sort of killing animal situation. Then I didn't want to go down that line because <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm very no, much no, against no, no. it. But no, I get, I get um, it. No, yeah, where you have to run from the, you know, pretend to be on the run and all that. She, she sort of lives for plotting out if she was actually doing it. But um, love that. I, love I wouldn't that. mind hey. that. Look, but, you never uh, know. You're, you're the king of poker face, aren't you? You're the, you're the, the poker star. So yeah, get on the, get on the traitors, definitely. Get the shades on, mate. You're fine. Yeah, absolutely. Just no tells whatsoever. <laughs> Look devastated. Look devastated with a murder. Um, uh, right, I digress. And look, a couple of things. I mean, like I said, Carlos Corbran doing great on the pitch. Uh, the, the the Albion players doing the business on the pitch. Off the pitch, you know, a bit disappointing. Um, look, obviously, the racism case has come to an end today. Uh, if you want to just update us on that, Coxie, then we'll go on to uh, <laughs> this warm front loan as well. So so let's let's do yeah. racism first. Let's get these two things out of the way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not not come to an end but we've had an arrest haven't we mm-hmm. um 50 year old man from dudley um sitting in that halford's lane obviously so uh, blues's juninho bakuna uh made a complaint towards the end of the game of what we eventually found out to be an alleged racist comment which yeah deplorable isn't it again and really just sad to hear really sad to hear but um obviously there's all allegations at the moment and you know mm-hmm. things will play out now there's been a criminal arrest and albin have said the suspension of um individuals season ticket um and yeah now, now there's going to be an investigation i think more uh witnesses have been sort of they're trying to speak to more witnesses those that speak around him because you know obviously these things have to be tried properly and um but what we what we would say i think again and johnny and i said this after the wolves game any anybody found guilty of this um the the proper action should be taken in in my view and i think in the view of um i guess most right-minded people listening to this um i i i I agree it's um it's deplorable and it's uh it's a disgrace and i would come down as as hard as you possibly can on on these individuals it's it's a shame for the 99.9 percent of fans who are so good and um and also the timing after coming back off the back of off the black country derby because you know the one thing that i've always thought and visiting the hawthorns and you know i think it's a, a fantastic family 
atmosphere family club you know one more, definitely more family club than a lot of other clubs that we cover on patch um and that you know you want it to be a safe place a safe environment to take your children to take your families and and i still think that that in the majority of the case it really is you're always going to get a few idiots but maybe from the outside from people who don't know the west midlands you know the Westbourne Pan maybe get tarnished a little bit saying, oh, I don't want to go there or there's a bit of trouble or, mm. you know, this or that. And that that's the most frustrating thing, I think, from my point of view, is that it's not, it's, it's you know, it's, it's an excellently run club. OK, you know, depends on your chairman's go, get, come and go. But, you know, overall and um, on the it's, ground, it's yeah. a very, very, very friendly club to deal with. And we'll always look after families. And, and I feel like it's a shame that that's maybe got dinged a little bit and it might take a little bit of time to recover. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Not not a not a great week by any stretch off the pitch, is it? And let's be honest, I'm not comparing this to off the pitch as in upstairs, as in with Lai, you know, because that's mm-hmm. its all own separate entity in case yeah, at the moment, course. isn't it? But as you say, historically, um, there's a, there's a whole. I saw a lot of sort of chatter post racism allegation about Albion's heritage and going back to the 70s with the three degrees and and all of this. Look, mm-hmm. there's no doubt that. In generations gone by, this club's been a trailblazer. Anyone connected with this club will yeah. know or say that. And um, but but that doesn't mean that that doesn't defend defend it from any such issues in the modern day. Clearly, no, um, or excuse anything like that. And um, yeah, sadly, that still exists in today's society. Sorry. Uh, hopefully, it'll be eradicated one day. And yeah, I agree with you. And as the club have said. Um, come down as tough as possible if this individual or any other are found guilty and it's just yeah it's just a sad image to give out isn't it but mm. but Albion aren't alone in this it ha- still happens no. at grounds doesn't it unfortunately um, but never nice to be involved with or connected to yeah no well said um, so that's that's one thing the other two the other thing that's got was going to be people talking about tomorrow is um and it's quite confusing i think from the from from the fans point of view and, and potentially from your point of view as well lewis you're the one who's have to report about it all the time and all different loans left right the warm the warm front loan I'll, I'll leave the floor to you because i i, I haven't got scoobies to be honest so um yeah no please, please enlighten us yeah you know, just just briefly i mean this stems back sort of more recent history but it's still historically um Warmfront is a Briley Hill business, heating business owned by a local businessman called Alex Hearn, who two years ago lent Lie, Albion's controlling shareholder, £2 million um, in Lie's time of need, clearly, mm-hmm. as, as we know with Wisdom Smart Loan, which he took from the club and, and so on and so on. So that was two, that was summer 22, so well, just over 18 months ago, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that loan was secured against Lie's shares in WA Holdings which is uh, one of the holdings accounts and the uh, account under Yunyi Guokai, uh, Guokai, which is a Shanghai firm of lies. So, um, yeah, tomorrow, as you mentioned, is a, a deadline, inverted quotation marks, um, mm-hmm. that was included in the accounts, I believe the latest set of accounts, in terms of um, basically this uh, warm front owner, Alex Hearns, opportunity no no earlier than than february the 8th 24 he could you know seek to reclaim the loan you know sh- should it not be repaid yeah. now now it yeah. hasn't been repaid by lawyer and I, I don't think it would be a big shout or a, a fortune teller to say that yeah you know, 
as the land lies, maybe looks a little bit unlikely that it yeah, will yeah, be of course. Um, repaid. Now, uh, the crux of the matter is, the bottom line is, as it stands at the moment, um, all part, well, the club's perspective uh, and uh, I think the warm front perspective, so we're told and understand, is totally relaxed uh, about this whole thing. Uh, the club, I can tell, as we've reported all along, Nathan, actually, uh, ever since this two million came to light. The club are totally relaxed to it as they continue to remind us and as we write in reports and, and speak. Um, it, this isn't connected to the club. This is a, you know, the, the chairman, the controlling shareholders loan to uh, from, sorry, uh, a local, just happens to be a local businessman. Um, it's not involving the club, it's not a loan from West Bromwich Albion that West Bromwich Albion pay back. It's not like the deadlines tomorrow and Albion have got to fork out two million quid that they clearly haven't got. Yeah. Um, and, and there's going to be trouble. Now, as I say, yeah, all ends are relaxed. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the, it's secured against um, shares in holdings, which is obviously 100% of, of the Chinese, of, of Lionel's associates. So when the deadline of tomorrow passes, clearly um, Hearn has got rights to you know legal rights to look to reclaim or, or whatever so look secured against uh is it two percent or five percent of holdings some, some uh, a minority of wba holdings and look what however it goes the the, the likelihood is that it will become this this two million um mm-hmm. something yes. for the new ownership to deal with as and yeah. when but we're hopefully sooner rather than later the other eventuality, I suppose, down the line, weeks, months, however it goes, is that look, Hearn, the, the businessman who who is owed the, the money, um, takes a very small, short minority sharing in WBA Holdings, which, you know, as as I say, Albion insist and stress is not connected to the club. It's sort of unfortunate naming, really, in terms of that holdings company. Um, and they're they're not, you know, they're not concerned by it or bothered by it or moved by it. Um, if Hearn comes on board as a very very small minority shareholder, he won't have any sort of rights or decisions with it. Uh, that's that's again what the, what the clubs say because obviously club is part of group WBA group, and there's um, WBA Holdings, West Bromwich Albion Holdings, all the way up to Yuan Yiguo guys. So be a case that look. If that happens, then the Chinese will have a 98% and yeah, Hearn would have the 2% or, or whatever the makeup of that is. The bottom line is the club are unmoved, unfazed by the situation, not not really remotely interested in it. They don't see it as relevant even. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just aware that this deadline's in the ether. There's been a bit of chatter about it. Um, but as I say, we've sought sort of um, info from all ends of it. And yeah, there's... It's it's relaxed and it's not a case that um, from tomorrow onwards, you know, Warmfront and Hearn are going to come demanding things. You know, I, that deadline actually of February the eighth was already put back twelve months. Just I think from from Warmfront's end, it was that the club lawyer clearly financial difficulty, bit of a goodwill, bit of a you know, understand the situation, and that's how I understand it will sort of continue until things are resolved. So. Yeah, messy one, but ultimately one that's an issue of lies, which I appreciate. Listeners will say that then it's an issue of Albion's, but it's an issue of lies to sort between himself, Warmfront, Hearn, 
whatever happens with the new ownership, it's so far removed from Albion's, you know, immediate issues or concerns. It's it's just something, yeah, we haven't got to sort of worry any further or focus on for the minute. And I dare say we'll be addressed down the line. Okay, so let's let's uh let's not worry about that. Let's worry about Saturday. Let's worry about Ipswich. Let's worry about another trip to worry about what East time Angela. the alarm's got to be on Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. About. I mean, gonna say if you're leaving at seven, what time? What time does that? What time's arise for you then? Then I don't know. Maybe six. To, to be honest, it's it's all given Sunderland away was similar in December. Mm. Um, well, sorry, Sunderland away was was worse. Six a.m. on a Saturday though is brutal. Six a.m. Yeah. on a Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you want to yeah. get up and do a quick cardio, Coxie, you know, quick run, maybe five fifteen. I thought running. we knew each other. I thought we knew each other well, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, Sunderland away. We were uh, Johnny missed that one conveniently, but I won't go there. Oh, um, we were on the road at five thirty that morning. So yeah, this this sort of seven start will we'll be you know okay if a bit unbearable, mm. but uh, very bearable if we're driving back up the A14 with three points. By the way, absolutely. Yeah. So so in terms of team selection um, and the team that beat Birmingham. Um, do you see foresee any changes? Uh, maybe one, maybe one or two changes, or do you think he might go? I I I, uh, I haven't done my predictions eleven yet, Nathan. But it's it's a tough call. No, it's a tough call. Um, I think it's potentially. Dean Garner and Jai won't be back, will they? They're not back till next week. No, right? no, no. The Afcon, uh, as we speak, even if they go out, semi semi-finals yeah. actually, yeah. Even if and even if they go out. There's third and fourth playoffs on on Saturday, final Sunday. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe in and around it for next Tuesday night at a big push, but yeah, don't expect that. More likely for no. Southampton on the Friday. So uh, potentially time for Thomas Asante to have a breather. I would suggest. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, Swift potentially another that needs one. Not been right. I don't think since the injury of a few months he had. Mm-hmm. But and, and the good thing is, as we've discussed, Nathan, there's just room to manoeuvre now, options to bring yeah, in absolutely. to reshuffle it. Do I do I think Daryl DK is ready for a start yet? Potentially not. But could Andy Weiman start? Absolutely. Could mm-hmm. Callum Marshall start? Be a little bit surprised, but probably. Could Mikey okay. Johnson start? Absolutely. And then you've got, you've got Tom Fellow's situation. Been nothing short of excellent, hasn't he? So. Probably deserves to stay in. Jed Wallace keeps, would the, keeps the opposition managers guessing as well with what Corbyn wants to do. Yeah, you know, the tactics definitely. want to do, the formation, the plays, because you know maybe a little bit predictable because you know it is what it is. You know, with the with the way things were going, but now, like you say, you've got options. You can you can move things around, and you know you can keep managers, opposition managers, thinking of what they're going to do, who are they going to bring on next, what where are they going to go. It definitely gives you um, room for manoeuvre. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. That is, you know, yeah, I think. Albion's front line for most of the season has been fairly easy to read for reasons we've mentioned, and I don't think it is now. And it's hard enough for me to ever think about an 11. I'd imagine most listening to this have probably come up with a different forward line between all of them, which says a lot, really. Um, good options to have. I'd probably tough this because I, I, I'm all for giving Thomas Asante, Asante a breather, but I don't know if DK is quite ready. So would I go Marshall? Is that quite right? If such a way for him? Not 100%. Um, I'd probably start Vyman as the, you know, yeah. not an out-and-out number nine, potentially, but I think I'd give it him. And I think he's hard work. Give him an hour, 55 minutes to see how it's going, could, and then you've, got, you've work, got people to put, go to, yeah. Yeah, put Ipswich under the pump a bit with his energy. Um, I think I'd I think I'd start Johnson, um, mm-hmm. Celtic boy. I, I think he's a winger, but I'd potentially start him as the 10, which Carlos has been keen to stress he can do. 
with maybe Wallace and fellows either side. So mm-hmm. uh, two of the new boys in, I think, uh, DK to come from the bench, Asante, Swift, Marshall, you know, a lot, a lot of depth and competition and firepower there. I think that's what I'd go with. And uh, I'd be quite excited to see that. Love it. Remains for me to um, give a prediction then. Um, I'll leave the floor to you um, for, for your Thank prediction, you. Coxie. What are, um, what are we offering for the beautiful people that uh, Johnny will hate um, and I will love? So um, should we, what should we give away, home kit or an away kit? Oh, wow, yeah, I forgot we were, giving, we were sticking up a... Yeah, they retweet uh, it. If they retweet your, your tweet, Coxie, then they're in the... In the uh, in the game to win a to win a let's home give it a, let's give it a home. We're on the road, home. but let's give it a blue and white strike. Because uh, yeah, home home home's where the high is. Home's where the points are. So let's hope we can uh, <laughs> yeah, we can spread a bit of love uh, away from home and give them the home shirt. So home shirt, if you get your prediction right, uh, I'll go first. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that Ipswich are just about to start sinking, and they've just gone over the board, and they're going to drop. And drop and drop. And this actually could be a great time to play them. I'm going to say that Albion break that hoodoo. It's Ipswich 1. It's West Bromwich Albion 2. Bold. Love that Bold. from you, Nathan. Bold. You've gone full Bold. Johnny Drury on me. Bold, baby. I'm here for it. It's almost like you're sort of not like a 30th tribute to Johnny. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad you went Albion 2 1 because I thought you were going to nick my prediction of 1 all. So I'm going to do, Ooh, one, one. do like me it. a standard and sit on the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, no, I just think that uh, Albion struggled to win away, obviously, and um, and if you're still going to be st- strong at home, they had a, you know, they brought in a, like Kiefer Moore at the end of the window, it's going to be a massive player for them. Sarmiento factor, obviously recalled by Brighton and sent back out there, that could be very yeah. interesting. He yeah. might well have a point to prove, I would say. But yeah, I, I, I'll go one-one, which it. I think would be a good point. Absolutely. Anything, any, anything going across there would be a great point and um, something to build on, like you say, for a very, very interesting next six games. And if Albion can be uh, where they are at this moment in time after the next six, then goodness me, they've got a great chance of bringing those playoffs coming into the season. Lewis, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, my friend. You will, um, I'm sure everybody will be ready to get rid of me and you'll have the dulcet tones of the 30th, age 30. Johnny Drury presenting next week. Um, but thank you, Coxie. Thank you for all your notes that you've sent me. Um, and um, <laughs> fingers crossed, you get a good Wendy's. You get a good burger in that Drury, because I know he's, he's running and walking and doing everything for this marathon. Get a good, yeah. uh, some good fries and get some carbs in him. And uh, from me, from Lewis, fingers crossed, three points on Saturday from the Baggies. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>